Matthew Hoppy and Hoppy's in for Schalke. Magnificent finish. Amina Reeks run meanwhile here. Looks for Hoppy again. Oh my word! You cannot write this kind of script. Blau und weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo, meine Leute. Willkommen zum dem einzigen Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Official the world's only English Schalke Podcast. This is episode 117 of Schalke America. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. I want to give a quick shout out to Critical Winking on YouTube for the correction. If you missed the correction, start from the beginning of the show and you'll hear it. I'm sure. I'm sure of that. Uh, joining me as always is co-host Jack Mangan. How are we doing, Jack? Doing well, Richard. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, considering I guess uh, it's it's a cold, wintry uh, winter here in the in the East Coast, but it's nothing like where you're from, so I, I really shouldn't complain. <laughs> we are supposedly about to get another five or six inches tonight, on top oh. of what is already a considerable amount of accumulation on the ground right now. So, uh, definitely not looking forward to that. But I keep telling myself that we're in mid-February, so there is a slight chance that within just like maybe a month's time, it could be possibly nice. But I mean, it's Chicago, possibly. so I wouldn't bank on a uh, an early yeah. March spring. I have a better chance of that than you do. Here Maybe, yeah. Guys. So yeah. <laughs> before we get into the meat of the podcast, I do want to give a shout out. I did mention uh, Critical Winking here on YouTube, and he paid us a big compliment on, on YouTube, which so I want to make sure I give him time to uh, acknowledge this. So he comments, uh, you know, first of all, shout out to everyone who's listening on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, uh, everything, and those who are going to listen on the podcast later. But the comment goes as such. Uh, thanks for doing the podcast, Richard and Jack. I'm from Germany and had been looking for an addition to my Schalke podcast three years ago. Wanted to find something that would add some kind of outside perspective and found you guys. Didn't take long to find out that there was a little bit of a different perspective coming from the U.S. Uh, th don't take that as an offense, but I was, some was somewhat surprised by how, how well informed both you guys are and how on point you guys are. Even so much so that you ended up becoming my favorite Schalke podcast. Uh, so thank you to that. But then he also corrected us on our intro of the podcast. Our German was slightly incorrect. And uh, so we appreciate that and hopefully you heard that. Uh, Thank you for that, Jack. Uh, but yeah, big words from uh, from some of our listeners there. Uh, means a lot to both of us, for sure. Richard, all this time I thought you were the foreign language expert, and yet here we are, three years in, and you're a fraud. I mean, what can I say? Yeah, I, I feel like I don't yeah. even know you anymore. But yeah, I mean, no, but 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 thank you for I mean to that individual for the kind words. That's uh, that's really nice to hear. So it, it, it's it is great to hear that we're not just in you know in an American bubble necessarily. There's people that um, from all over that maybe sometimes are able to. Uh, get some value from this podcast. It's nice to hear. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Um, and some of the value, I think, uh, we kind of preluded to this last podcast, Jack. Uh, right at the end, uh, we reminded folks that, you know, hey, there's this rumor that uh, Nabil Bentaleb may be inserted back into the lineup and what that could mean and what how we felt about that. Um, and then lo and behold, uh, shortly after the podcast, uh, the news broke that uh, Nabil Bentaleb is back in our lives in the starting team. Your thoughts? <laughs> there, there's so many angles from which to dissect this and look at this and from some angles this this move looks better and from some, angle, some angles it looks worse but ultimately the point i was making on last week's podcast which is the point i've made in regards to um several of the harit suspensions and you know the benzlep suspensions in the past is that this this last one for for benzlep i mean the, the quote was literally it is like clear that that the shalka and nabil benzlep are not compatible like this relationship is over. We're not compatible. We're going to sell him in the summer at the absolute latest, but we're going to try to get him out in January. And the idea that in the space of, you know, just a couple months here, 
he can go from clearly not compatible to like, we need this guy back in the starting lineup. To me, it, it, it's either showing that, you know, what he did previously wasn't actually, you know, worthy of a suspension and that it was un unjustified because, you know, if it was truly like that bad, you would, you would hope that they would stick to their guns or whatever, um, as opposed to falling back on it. Um, but if it was justified, then it's showing that, you know, they're not, um, sticking to their principles when, when things get tough and, and they, they go back on decisions, which may have been the right decisions purely for sporting interests. Um, from the sporting perspective, it obviously makes a lot of sense um, if if his teammates want him back in, and, and and I mean he certainly brings a little, I mean some quality to the midfield that we've been we've been lacking at times. I've been talking about in recent episodes about how that Stambouli Mascarell pairing as a holy midfield pairing probably isn't ideal. Yeah, if Benzelib's going to be in one of those spots, I think it makes us better. I think it really does. Um, but it's just disappointing to see this flip flopping from the hierarchy. It really gives off the, the sense that we're projecting that we have no idea what we're doing internally in terms of like player management squad planning any of this um yeah and it's just a bad look for the club so hopefully it works out hopefully there's, there's no further issues with this him for the for the rest of the season and the suspension is you know in the past and then he we can sell him in the summer or whatever and hopefully this is a success but um it, it's just frustrating to see this level of incompetency uh and the number of times we go back and forth on on players and decisions like this what are, what are your thoughts uh quick shout out to to Jake, uh, we see you, buddy, in the chat there. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one because it makes you think a little bit about how serious was it, whatever he did, compared to Ibisevich, right? Ibisevich was just terminated, done, right? Was it that much worse what Ibisevich did than, than Bentelup? We don't know. We, it's still very quiet. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, because it's it's confusing. You tell you tell people that you know this guy is not a fit. Uh, he's been suspended. Doesn't tell us why. Um, and we we are sitting there in the dark and think, oh, well, it has to be something bad, right? He this is not the first time it's with him. It, it's been a, a chronic thing with him. Um, and you know, he is talented. Uh, but you know, then all of a sudden to renege on that and then come and bring him back and say, hey, we need you back on the eleven. Uh, I think it'd be ironic if he be, ends up becoming the savior of the team from from, from getting us relegated. That would be interesting if that were to happen. But uh, I digress. Uh, in terms of the sporting thing, I, I'm there right there with you because I think at the moment. Um, there's two things we're lacking passion for most of the players and also a, a skill set that we're missing. Uh, Sardar and Harit have been mostly off this year. They're on and off They're You know, when they're both on, they're fantastic, but, but they've been mostly off this year and we we don't have another person who's a playmaker. Um, and Bento fits that, fits that mold. And I, I agree with you. You know, we've talked at length about how, you know, Stambouli and Bent, uh, Stambouli and Mascarell, not really that great of a fit together. Um, and I saw a little bit in this game that Bentaleb was playing a little bit back for the back to help out uh, those two. Uh, and I think it does make sense. We knew need another player in there. And, you know, hopefully he does stay on track and the team uh, rallies around not only him, but all the additions that we've made. Hopefully Huntelar gets healthy. Um, it's it's very confusing, this whole move. But um, at this point, I agree with I agree everything that you said, especially the, the stuff in the back, the back scenes that we don't know. They don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. But yeah, it, I it, think we need to do anything at this moment to stay from dropping. Um, he, I think, could help yeah. us in that regard. Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly agree with that. I think he improves the squad, assuming um, he yeah. doesn't unsettle it. But, um, yeah, it, it's the transparency issue. We still, we still, as far as I'm aware, and once again, if we've missed this, please inform us. But it's still not particularly clear why he was suspended in the first place. Yeah. And then um, we, we've suggested that it, there's times it looks like there's decisions that are being made about certain players that are coming from the top and not necessarily from the managers. This is one that throws that back into the forefront as well because when Christian Christian Ghost came to Schalke, he basically said like, yeah, Bentaleb's not not part of my plans. I, I'm not really interested yeah. in Bentaleb. Does that make any sense? 
If you're getting hired in to save a team from relegation, why would your approach be? I'm not interested in even like considering this. That to me comes across as Schneider said, Hey, he's off the table. Yeah. Like this isn't a thing. And so and Christian Chris was like, cool. Like I'm not going to worry about it, but then he's here for a while. They get a couple games in and he's like, I need some effing quality in the midfield. And he's like, Hey, I need, cause the reports are that Christian gross was pushing for this. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, once again, it, maybe it's true that Christian Gross just didn't want him from from the beginning and then went back on that. But like that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and it just feels like, you know, it, people are inserting themselves in areas they probably shouldn't be. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Christian Gross was quoted as saying this week, uh, "I've got no previous history with Nabil. He's a good footballer. Uh, his integration this week has gone well. Now it's up to him to force himself to the team. This is obviously leading up to Union Berlin." Uh, like yeah, that, that quote. It's like so. Then why wasn't that your approach initially? That quote sounds exactly <laughs> like what he would say, like when he takes over the job. Like, hey, yeah. fresh late. I have no issue. I mean. We heard that originally when I forget who took over for Tedesco or where, what point this was, but there was Nabil was in trouble with one of the managers. A uh, new manager came in and he goes, Oh, I have no history with him, so I'm gonna bring him back on. Uh, I may have been Hoop Stevens, but um, yeah, it's just it's <laughs> exactly you, you expect to hear that from the beginning, um, and we didn't get that. Um, and at least to Bentaleb's credit, uh, he has come out and they have you know they've talked to him on on you know on uh, interviews and stuff like that, saying, Hey, we need to improve. He's even saying the good things, right? We need to get more, we need to get more balls into the box, uh, get more quality opportunities. It's just stuff that we were lacking, uh, in, in that kind of skill front, and I think he could help us tremendously in that in, in that regard. So, uh, we'll see what you know what he can contribute. The first game, he was obviously tired after you know 60 minutes or whatever, you could tell he had heavy legs. Um, but he needs to uh, have a bit, a bit more experience going forward. We'll see what, what that comes with. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I just fingers crossed that it that it goes well and it and it it ends up being uh, the right decision. I think the early returns are are probably certainly more positive than negative. So, yeah. Uh, Lane's on Lane's on the chat. Hey, what's up, Lane? He says uh, the bit you mentioned, Richard, about avoiding the drop. I think it's hurting Chalka long term. I'd rather us plan for a financial recovery and bounce from fight the Bundesliga than try to uh, a bunch of short-term fixes that miraculously were to save us for that to get really. Yeah, I agree with you, Lane. Uh, and then Jake says, uh, tale of two halves for Bentele. thought he was bright spot in the first half uh, and a turnover machine in the second half. And I think with the tired legs, well, we saw that. Um, but the rest of the team, I, you know, Jake's right on point about that too. So, um, yeah, so, you know, we we go right into the to the game against Union Berlin. Uh, it's a game. You know, compared to the the first five, you know, the first five games uh, to start to work Runda, uh, Union is one of the one of the two teams that we have a better chance of beating as opposed to you know Bayern, Leipzig, or or Dortmund. Um, so uh, the lineups in, uh, in this one were as such. Um, and the and and for you know for the hosts, I, I should say, Carius uh, is back in our lives. Uh, the the blonde haired uh, Scandinavian or whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's in goal. Uh, they had a back three of Frederick uh, Kanaka and Hubler. Uh, Hubner, excuse me, uh, midfield five of uh, Trimmel, Gentner, Andrich, uh, Ingvertsen, and and Geiselman. And then up top, they had uh, Awani and uh, Poyampolo. Uh, yeah, Gesundheit. Uh, what was your thoughts on the lineup when they, uh, when they came out, Jack? Uh, a lot of bodies in the midfield. Uh, and, uh, you know, Matthew Hoppe going up against a back three on his own with, with minimal support. So uh, definitely looked like it was shaping up to be a pretty difficult uh Union Berlin team to to break down from from that perspective, given how we usually line up. Yeah, we were, we were hoping that maybe they would be open up a little bit to help us give a little bit more penetration. There, Union has not been playing very well as of late, but um, you know we came out with you know Fairman in the back with the back four of Kolasinac, Tiao, Mustafi, and Becker. 
uh, midfield five of Harit, Bentaleb, yes, Bentaleb, Serdar, Stambouli, and William, and of course, up, uh, Hoppy up top. Um, at least with me, uh, obviously, Bentaleb is going to be the, the main thing you're going to notice right away. But Malik Tiao, I was pleasantly surprised to see him in there. And maybe it was part of his Nastasic you know, being injured or whatever. But um, I thought I thought Tiao played very well, looked very confident on the ball, Jack. Uh, what were your thoughts on our starting 11? Yeah, you and I mentioned that a couple times recently, uh, wondering why we haven't seen more of Malik Chow recently. Uh, it feels like maybe Christian Gross, he just wasn't in favor with Gross when Gross took over. He was getting more of a run, I think, late into Manuel Baum's time yeah. at the club. But if he's able to play his way back into the side, that might not be a bad thing. Um, I mean, especially because we've seen that he's a little bit versatile. He's done a decent, serviceable job at left back and right back this season as well as center back. Um, and, and given... Um, the poor performances from a number of different players in center back. I don't think he's any worse than anyone else there. And uh, probably better than, than you know, Matthias Sausage at this point, you would say. Uh, yeah, so I, I enjoyed that as well. And then, um, you know, the Becker, uh, uh, William, double stack again on the right-hand side. Uh, and then, yeah, Bentaleb in the in the lineup as well. So, um, and, and I feel like I feel like that could be the solution because we, we keep talking about how Suat's at least for me as well. I, I don't prefer Suat Serdar as one of the holding midfielders. And I prefer if he's more in that number 10 role. Um, when you have Bentaleb on the pitch, Bentaleb can play that holding midfield role and that yeah. allows Serdar to be in that central space. And then, you know, it yeah. didn't really work out in this one for a number of reasons, but uh, I think there's potential there going forward. Yeah. I, you know, what I did notice in the game is that we, uh, we had a lot of possession, obviously um, the game ended up zero, zero, no, you know, no goals in this one, but we had our opportunities. They had more opportunities uh, despite all the possession we had, we ended up having something like 63% of, of the ball in this one. But if you look at the shots, 20 to five, you never would have guessed it. Right. Uh, they had, they took their chance, their opportunities. Well, they made, they made good things happen when they had the ball. We did not. Uh, we kept passing the ball around. This is kind of what Nabil was talking about, was that we need to create more chances in the box, point and simple. And there was very few opportunities that we did create anything. Um, I was more, I saw more from the defensive end because of, of Fairman, Becker, Tiao, than I did see of anything offensively. What about, what was your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Um, I just, so I, there, there's one thing I wanted to address when it comes to our, our final third play as well, which is there was a lot of criticism um, from the commentators, and this is for like, you know, the Sky Sports World stream that we're listening to in English. Obviously, not everybody's listening to the podcast would have heard that that stream. But um, there's a lot of criticism of Harit in terms of uh, him just dribbling too much and, and and controlling too much of the ball and not moving it quickly enough and, and just kind of being a ball hog and, you know, not involving his teammates enough in the final third. And I, I feel like to some extent, that's justified. But when you're talking about Harit, you're talking about a guy whose whose game is highly sauce based, right? Like, and and that's kind of what you're looking for for him. Like, if he's not able to do that, one, he's not happy, which is going to hurt his motivation and, and his like abilities on the pitch. We've seen that, and, and two, like that's kind of his best quality. So if if he's not doing those things, you're not really maximizing him. Um, yeah, there is an extent to which it can be a little bit self indulgent and probably hurt the team, and I think that did happen to an extent. But overall, on offense, we're way too static. Like part of the reason that Harid is on the ball all the time is because he wants to be on the ball all the time and he's taking that initiative. And that initiative is not being shown by nearly enough of the rest of the team. I thought Bensleb in the first half was a player that was as well and seemed to be, you know, popping out and trying to yeah. become available. Suat Serdar has been disappointing for most of the season, continue to be that in this game. He's a guy that you expect a whole lot more from. Um, and yeah, we get into the final third and, and there's a lot of ball watching. People just like to watch Harit dribble. And it's not entirely his fault if, if people aren't moving off of him and, and providing him with outlets. So, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I feel like 
I just wanted to talk about that briefly and see what your thoughts on, on some of the Harit criticism was, because I actually, I mean, I, I get it, but I, but I feel like it was definitely overwrought in this particular case. Yeah, and and you could see, I mean, I, to your point, uh, he was trying to move around to try to get himself free and, and create some opportunities. At, at times, he would drift into the right-hand side, kind of like how, how he set up, uh, I think, Bouyelab last week or whatever it was. Um, yeah, so he was trying a little bit more, but, you know, I did not agree with the criticism of him, but I thought his performance was lacking still. Um, not as bad as Serdar. I thought Serdar, it feels like every time, ever since he's been called to national team, he's been playing poor, it seems like. And I'm sure it's injury or something was involved in that, but um, has not been playing well. And in this game, again, he did not play well. Harit was uh, quieter than I'd like. The one, My one criticism of Harit's going to be, he, someone else needs to take damn set pieces. Uh, I, I, his set pieces are not good. And yeah, he's, that, yeah. he's had some good ones every, you know, this season, every now and then, where he puts it in a dangerous position. For the most part, free kicks and corner kicks, they're not good. Um, and they're what all they're doing is kicking to the team and they, and they go on a fast break. The other and way. the thing is, they never really have been. There's yeah. never been a point in if I'm forgetting something in his in his Schalke career where you've been like, hey, he's he's really hits a good a good dead ball. That's he's never has. And so the fact that he keeps getting those opportunities is weird. Obviously, if Mark Ut was in the lineup, he'd get some of those and it wouldn't be Harit all the yeah, time. But... When he's in the lineup, he's actually a decent free kick taker as well. He's got a good shot and he's also got a good, you know, good passing ability. So certainly missing Daniel Caligiuri in, in that in that respect. Yeah, we almost um, relied too much on the, on him, I think. But like so for example, there was there was a counterattack. This is one example. There's a counterattack opportunity around the 60th minute. Uh, Malik Chow stepped out, intercepted a pass, and then plays it to Harit, who takes off. Um, ben Taleb is behind Harit. Uh, Serdar is behind Harit. Uh, Stambouli is behind Harit. Kolasinic is behind Harit. Harit sprints off into the midfield in transition. Everyone behind him is walking. N- literally, no one is attempting to get forward. He gets, you know, collapsed on by four players, has no outlets because there's, you know, maybe William was up the pitch and then there's Hoppy alone against three center backs. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about is like there, there was no initiative in this game. And like you're playing William Berlin. This is a team that hasn't scored a lot recently. Um, obviously, everyone scores against Schalke, but like you're coming, this is not an offensive threat. So like, you would say like, hey, man, if we get one goal in this game, maybe like maybe yeah. this is there's a lower threshold offensively for what we need to get to win this game. And you just didn't feel like they sensed that or were trying to take advantage of it as much as they could have. Um, and it was just out of sync as well. There's a lot of misplaced passes that were just unforced misplaced passes. Um, players not really having chemistry, like someone's making a run and it gets played behind them because they think they're taking a different angle. Um, just really weird to see us looking that out of sync um, at this point in the season. It was a strange offensive performance for me. And I think this is this has been pretty consistent from what I've noticed with Schalke, at least during this big run since ever since uh, you know the winter 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 pause from you know after we be after just before we be Gladbach, right? Uh, ever since then, we've been pretty static overall. Um, yeah, to your point, Bentaleb was trying to move around, Hoppy was moving around, but you know after that, not really many people are helping out. You know, Harit or whoever has the ball, um, and it's been very predictable. Uh, and you know, if you watch any other team, any other team when they have the ball in possession. Everyone's moving around, especially the teams are scoring goals. Guys are moving around all the time. You have the roving away from their positions. And our team just seems to be static and say, like, oh, you give me the ball and I'll try to do something with it. Like, no, you need to run. Make those runs. You see Hoppy trying to do that. Uh, granted, it's against like three defenders and it's hard, a hard place to get to him. But nobody else is helping him out. Nobody's helping you know, Bentaleb out. And it's, it's frustrating at that point because how are you going to do, do better in the, in, the, in the final third if you're not moving? You have to be moving. It's like you see this in basketball in every sport. Constant movement distracts it, mm. disorients the defense, and then you get an opportunity. Um, we're not seeing that, and that's you know to your point. Like, yeah, but yeah no one's a, a guy like anybody. a guy like Harit can thrive if people are distracting the defense around yeah, him a little bit. Yeah. Like, if if you make Harit the entire focal point of your offense, then just sit there and watch him. They're gonna put two three bodies on him. He's gonna, I mean, he's gonna get 
beat up over the course of the game and he's going to lose possession yeah. a lot because i mean yeah there's you have to you have to work with him and there was a point that was made by the commentary team that was like you know there's a lot of there's three center backs there's a lot of big bodies out there like pass and move and yeah. you can't just like you know have black holes of possession where somebody's just dribbling around for a while but yeah the blame goes on on the multiple shoulders there for sure yeah, and, the, and these defenders were a lot less uh, mobile than the ones we saw at Leipzig, right? Mukiele was all over the place, and, and all their defenders were all over the place. And these guys were a little bit more, you know, slow-footed, and uh, it was very predictable what they were going to do. But when no one else is moving around, it makes their job a whole lot easier. Yeah, and, you know, we got five shots off, but it wasn't. It, there weren't the greatest of opportunities. Most of them high and wide. So, um, yeah. you know, we had a, I think a good opportunity late in the game, and I forget who who it fell to. Uh, it may have been Harit, maybe. Buyaleb. Buyaleb. Oh, yeah, it was Buyaleb. Yeah. Uh, and he missed that opportunity. So, yeah, 0-0 zero, zero that game. The, the man who we've been apparently trying to play as a forward, showing us why that was probably not the best idea there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a ball that was coming across his body from right to left, which he yeah. hit with his right foot and tried to curl it right to left into the near – just everything he did on that was, was unfortunately probably – uh, the wrong approach and didn't even get it on frame. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's the, to have 63% possession and have only five shots, none of which were particularly dangerous or on target or anything. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, like Union Berlin were, were pretty terrible in front of net in this game, but they, I mean, they, they could have with the chances they had, had a couple goals easily, I think, and it would have probably yeah. been justified. Um, what's the striker's name? Uh, Aniwi, what if I forgot his name already? I yeah, apologize. Yeah. Um, Missed a couple like absolute sitters in this yeah. one, so I felt kind of bad for him. Right at Fairman, yeah. right at Fairman, a couple of times. You're like, oh yeah. man, that could have been something right there. Oh yeah, there was one like two minutes in the game that was the best opportunity that Fairman actually had to save. There was another one yeah. in the second half, I think, where he had sixty percent of the net to shoot at and could have just passed in the net and just dragged it wide, which yeah. was unfortunate as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I do remember that too. So. Yeah, we got. I think we got away lucky. Um, I mean, granted, any points in this stage of the season is going to be good, but uh, we should have won that game. It's a game we should have won because it's. It's grant. Frankly, it's going to be more difficult this you know upcoming game before we get to that. Um, I, I did mention that you know Malik Tiao I thought was a bright spot for Schalke. Obviously, confident in the ball. Um, another bright spot I think was going to be uh, or was Timo Becker. Um, I thought again he he was solid back there. At times, he jumped in at center back to show uh, Mustafi how to play there. There's one play where I forget who's coming on the counterattack, and Becker basically jumped in Mustafi's spot. I was like, I got this. Don't worry about it. You, you, you know what you're doing. And, and he stopped the ball. Uh, Becker's been solid. He hasn't been – like at times, he, you don't notice him, which is a good thing. Um, and he doesn't make mistakes. He had, but- yeah, he had like one – Bad moment really late. I think there was a late, cross yes. where he lost yes. his mark and, and it was like a like point yep. blank header that Fairman saved. Yeah. But beyond that, I think you're right. I mean, in, in definition of a guy who's just kind of played his way into the starting 11. I mean, when, when I think when he was initially getting right back appearances, I don't think any of us would have been like, yeah, he's who we ideally want there at this point. I think he probably is. I mean, unless you're going to play William back there and try that out again. But um, I think, yeah, I think Becker's looked good and he's improved his, his ability to, um, contribute to uh the build-up play as well which was one of the mainer things that was lacking i think previously yeah no, no for sure and uh for those who are keeping track uh there was an appearance from former shaka player in the 86th minute cedric toykert uh he made his uh de- i don't know if his debut necessarily but uh he made his appearance uh, against us he broke the, curse. the former player didn't score against us i was i was the I second was he, the second he came out i'm like this game we're gonna lose we're going to lose because <laughs> they always score against us and uh fortunately that did not happen that would have that would have been brutal Oh, that would have definitely been brutal. But uh, not getting three points is also brutal. We walked away with a point. Uh, so we have now nine points from 21 games. We sit five points back behind the Mainz, who are in 17th. 
and we are nine points uh, behind Armenia and Hertha, who are in 15th and 16th, respectively. And then and, and, uh, Cologne is at 21 points. So we're still nine points really out of any kind of safety right now. We need to start winning games. Um, and it doesn't get any easier, Jack, does it? Because we got the good old Riviera Derby coming up here uh, this uh, weekend. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited, but because, you know, anything that happened in these derbies we've seen in the past, um, a team who's always been in the least form has played well in every game, but uh, except for us in the last couple of games. Uh, but uh, Dortmund hasn't been playing that great lately. Uh, they're still Dortmund. Uh, we just got news today that uh, Marco Rosa, the Gladbach manager, will be taking over Dortmund next season. Will that affect us next year? We will find out in the coming weeks. Um, but this is probably going to be a boost for them, knowing that they have a, a pretty good manager coming on, coming in next next year. That surprised me, by the way. Did that catch, catch you off guard? I'm surprised that Rosa jumped ship from Gladbach this soon into his sort of project there. I mean, I can't. I mean, I can't blame him if, he, if it's obviously hard not to view Dortmund as a step up. But like, it seems like he has an opportunity to really get something going there, and I'm I'm surprised he moved that quickly. Yeah, I uh, I'm not surprised that he moved. I'm surprised he moved to Dortmund. I thought he would have um, gone to England or something like that. Yeah, and definitely looking for step up because I the way he's been managing over the last several years. I mean, he's he's crying for a promotion, and yeah, Dortmund is a promotion. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was a little shocking to me to see him go there. Um, and so, like I said, will it affect us or not? We'll find out. Uh, Jake says, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of these games where we have lots of possession, we're just crying out for someone like Huntar, uh, Huntelar to play and and get the end of that. And we, you know, unfortunately, as soon as he joined us, he's been injured and we haven't seen him yet. Um, maybe we'll see him at the Derby. I don't know how serious his uh, leg injury is, but uh, we need a, we need everybody who's available. I mean, we need to find a way to score goals. It's a Derby for hell. For heck's sake! So, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a big game. Um, we again, I mean, we have about 13 games left. Where are we at? 21 games now. It's 34 games. 13 games left. Uh, and this is a big game here against Dortmund. Well, were we expecting to get three points? No, but uh, anything can happen. We hope to hell something because we need to get points. We need to get a minimum of you know four or five wins at least um, to make up the nine point gap and hope you know Armenia. Armenia almost beat Bayern today for fuck's sake. What was it they got two two draw? They're up two nothing in that game. So three 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 three. So sorry. I think so yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, Mainz and Armenia and all the teams at the bottom are playing pretty good right now. They're they're giving people trouble. Uh, Cologne they're they're starting to get some points now. Augsburg, uh, Hertha is the only one that's really struggling. They've lost we can't, four to we five. Can't score. We no, can't, we can't. We can't score. It, it's ter- I mean, once again, like sixty three percent possession. Whatever it was, a handful of shots, most of them bad. I mean, it is. I mean, uh, that's that's got to change too. I mean, our defense is still suspect, on, you know, depending on how we're feeling that day. But overall, that's kind of gotten under control a little bit more. And the offense is just exactly kind of where we were at the beginning of the season. It's it's brutal. Yeah, that has to change. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. So, yeah, the big game coming up this weekend. Um, what are your initial thoughts? Obviously, it's a big game, Mother of All Darby's, as Derek Ray says. Yeah, I mean, I just I just hope we get out of there. Um, with our pride relatively intact. Uh, the last thing we need in the midst of this is a huge psychological hit, you know, getting beat up by a rival uh, in the Derby. That's not going to do anything to help the team, you would imagine. Um, so, yeah, you would expect Dortmund to beat us, obviously, despite their recent, you know, struggles. You would still expect Dortmund uh, to take care of business. Uh, I just hope it's not, you know, too definitive in that sense, I guess. Yeah, we need. I mean, obviously, they're going to get a pick pick me up with uh, the 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 news about Marco Rose uh, taking over next year. But um, you know, they have been struggling as of late, um, and you know, it'd be nice to get a pickup for us if we get Huntelar in the lineup somehow, because uh, I think he can certainly bring help to that. I mean, he still has to be fed, right? Uh, Hope he has to get get the ball, 
these guys need to get the ball to them. Hopefully, you know, having uh, Nabil Bentaleb in the lineup, maybe Harit playing better, Serga playing better, uh, will give them the opportunities that they need. I think if, you know, Huntelar more so than than Hoppy needs very few chances to to score score goals. He just needs a you know, sniff of the ball and really he'll get it. He'll try. He'll get yeah, I mean, a shot on target at least. You know. Also, if we're gonna keep playing four two three ones and having Hoppy isolated, you need to have width and you need to have wingers that are actually able to occupy those spaces and play crosses in and that kind of stuff. We have yeah. no delivery from wide spaces, and he's just on his own that often. I mean, if that's how you're gonna play in that kind of shape, then maybe you need to change it up and play two strikers, play Hoppy and Huntelar together. Um, something and, and, and do a different approach because what we saw in, in this game against Union Berlin, that is not that is not a viable option going forward, in my opinion. No, and it definitely isn't. And, um, you know, if we want to have if there's any good time to get Dortmund, I guess it'd be now. Uh, you know, we saw we, we got our only win of the season against Hoffenheim, they drew them 2 2 over the weekend. Um, I mean, they had pretty much all their studs out there, but they just, they're just not in, in sync for whatsoever. So we need to take advantage of it. Uh, there's obviously weaknesses all over their lineup. They obviously have some talent up top, you know, with Brandt, Reina, Sancho, Halan. I mean, whoever you want to put in there, uh, Hazard, whoever, uh, they can obviously score goals. We need to do more of what we did against Union Berlin, not the amount of shots given up. Because if we give that many shots up, it's not going to be good for us. Yeah. But I think, you know, controlling the, controlling their their quality opportunities is the key. Stepping up, blocking their shots. Don't let Halan run from midfield all the way through and, and not get no, no body on them. Come on, the sausage. Yeah, well, as long as as long as the sausage isn't on the pitch, that probably hopefully, <laughs> hopefully won't happen. I mean, yeah, that that last game was just infuriating when he scored that goal because you you were watching it happen from like three or four seconds out, and you're like, is anyone gonna <laughs> step? Nope. Okay, that's nope. Okay, there he goes. Goal. Goal. I mean, right. yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, there are, there are rumors around in the uh, Shaka fan uh, Twitter sphere about. Um, Doing stuff for the uh, Riviera Derby, obviously uh, isolated and quarantined and fashion. But uh, you know, as we get more information, we'll tweet it out for you for sure. Uh, another way to find out information is uh, sign up for the Shaka US newsletter, and you'll uh, definitely get the information before Derby Week here. Um, yeah. Uh, any? What, what are your big? What do you want to see from the Derby from us? A, a a a win. Oh yes, absolutely. A win would be Imagine a win. That. Someone tweeted this out, and it may, may have been Shock Club UK. I don't remember who it was, and, if I, and I forgive me, I forgot. Uh, but they said, you know, a win here in a derby could make our 2020 and 2021 because uh, there could be three big points that we that we need. We need the points. Um, and hell, why, why not put, kick them while they're down as well? We're really down, but, you know, bring them down with us. So, um, yeah, let's uh, a win would be nice. Seeing Huntelar would be nice, getting some goals there, getting some goals, period. And, and if we do go down, it'd be nice to have sort of uh, indefinite braggers rights for the most recent victory in that in that series <laughs> then, yeah because i mean there's no there's no derby next year unless we meet in the cup or something like that so yeah yeah, yeah. i'm sure i'm sure the the football gods would uh find a way to uh make that happen right uh if it were to happen but i don't want to get to that point let's 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 worry about seeing in the league at the moment and uh doing what we can against dortmund uh walking away with our heads held high uh it's gonna be difficult no doubt about it uh and then the games get a little bit easier but again the teams that are at the bottom of the table that we're we're fighting with are playing very well we need to step up our level at the moment. Uh, we are not playing. Um, if you're looking at pure aesthetics, we are playing the poorest at anybody. Um, so we shall see, Jack. Uh, anything else you really want to uh, chat about tonight before we get into get out of here? 
Uh, Schalke put out a feature on uh, Schalke St. Louis and the Amsterdam Tavern, which yeah. uh, dedicated listeners of the podcast will have uh, some familiarity with due to me talking about it every once in a while. Uh, usually not going after I say that I'm going to, but uh, a place that I have great affinity for, a nice little soccer bar. So definitely uh, give that a read. I think they, they shouted out on Twitter. We probably retweeted it. So yeah, um, yeah take a look at that. Uh, absolutely. Now, that was actually a great feature. A nice little interview there uh with the amsterdam tavern so definitely give that a a, a read and we'll, we'll sh- retweet it again we'll share it once again um and like i said if you sign up for the, the shaka us newsletter you'll definitely get that information all the, uh, every month so uh definitely keep on the lookout for that and any articles that come up through shaka we'll, we'll make sure we share that as well uh comment jake says uh, i'll tell you what i don't want to see william at right side attacker that's interesting um so left side attacker no, okay um, <laughs> Uh, so this is what this is how I feel. So I kind of, if you're looking at center backs, right? I I, I like I want to see Tiao again. I kind of want to see Becker back there. I mean, Becker's been doing really well at right back, but I don't know how William is going to do it right back. I'd rather see Becker on the pitch, period, than not on the pitch. Um, and William has been disappointing so far as right attacker. And that, and that part of that maybe you know him not getting. The ball. Has he been? Has he been more disappointing than who else? Would be in that position, shelf no, possibly no. Up. no, no. That, that's that's the one thing I'd say is just I understand, I could understand Jake having that opinion based on what we've seen so far. My question to Jake, and if he's still in the chat, would be who would you rather see there? Assuming you want to keep Becker or right back, then who do you put in? Um, <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna put the four two three one, Benito Raman, I guess. Yeah, uh, and he did, we saw that at the end of the game. I I didn't think he's he more left side. I mean, I didn't think he looked particularly good either. It's just, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we, we just did have a lot of options at this point, period. It, it's difficult to, to pick the squad. Sure. Here's one, um, and he's not well, someone who typically plays in this position, but maybe Suat Serdar. I put him on the right side. In the middle, you could put Ben Taleb with uh, Stambouli or, or Omar Mascarel. That way, the left side could be, you know, Harit, uh, or maybe put Harit in the middle and uh, Rahman out left with Huntalar up top if he's healthy or Hopi. Um, that could work. Um, but then again, it goes back to the question who do you want to write back? I'd rather have Becker than than William. I want to see Becker on the pitch no matter what. And Tiao, that's just me. Um, unless Sane is 100% healthy. And at this point, I doubt he is. We've heard the rumors that Paciencia is, is training again, which is great. Um, nice to have him on the bench as a possible, you know. Getting some fits off on Instagram as well. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Hey, you know, we are. I'll tell you something else real quick. We are getting very close to the uh, to the uh, the start of the the free boss Duan campaign. Where is this guy? I mean, on on a, on the side of the milk carton. But besides that, where is he? I mean, <laughs> like, what is going on? And I mean, and hey, if you if you have Benzema back in the squad now, and you have Harit, and you have Serdar, and you want to play them, sure, fine, whatever. But if you're gonna play that, you know, two two holding midfielders. I think I think Bazdewan could be one of them easily. Uh and, still, and Bentham? still we do not see him. So yeah, he his his uh he's gone away under under Christian Gross, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's 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 just something about the youngsters is not getting an opportunity unless you're playing defense. Um Jake says he's in the chat. He says I'll take Ramon. I would also uh, like to try to go on the left hand side more. Yeah. But then you know, Harit's probably his best side is probably the left side and center. So unless you find a way to get Harit in the middle, I guess. But yeah, no, not seeing uh, Bazduan is is disappointing because we've talked numerous times that he's you know when he's on the pitch, he looks competent. He looks like he belongs in the starting eleven. Uh, very uh, very cool and collective on the ball, quick passes, um, strong on the ball, which not many of the guys are. And uh, yeah, not having that out there for whatever reason, I don't know if it's injury or what, but uh, that needs to change quickly. Um, and then we're gonna be. <laughs> I don't know what, at what point 
I don't know what the mathematics say in terms of you know when it, it becomes definitive if it becomes a definitive with the relegation. Yeah. Um, we'll have that ticker coming around sometime soon. You'd imagine if we don't turn things around. So let's go ahead and go ahead and get a damn win here against uh, against Dortmund here uh, this weekend. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. Anything else? No, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, no point in dragging us out for an hour, right? When we did no. the same thing every day. So um, the Ben Teleb thing was a big thing this week, and he's back in our yeah. lives. And um, hopefully, he can contribute at least go, going hey, forward. Maybe the time to finally get that Ben Teleb interview. There you go. Finally, get it in. I don't think I don't know if Shalka would trust us with that at this point, but, uh, <laughs> but we, we could try. We, we could try. try. We've almost had him. We've almost had him on the podcast like four different times over the years, and, and yeah. now he's back in the fold. So maybe we can try. Try once more. Uh, so yeah, we, we could definitely try that for sure. Um, all right. Keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the Royal blues. Uh, if there are any topics you'd like us to discuss, make sure you tweet us at Shalk America. Uh, give a couple of shout outs here for shout out to Shalka, uh, for sending me a couple pictures here. We need of the, of the, uh, we're, we're going to try this series. We're not going to tell you exactly what it is, but, uh, Shalka did hook us up with some, uh, some cool, uh, pictures that we can share with you guys in due time. So be on the lookout for that. Um, do want to give a shout out to Critical Winking on YouTube for uh, for not only his comments but also our correction in our German. So thank you for that. Uh, and then lastly, uh, give a shout out to a good friend of the show Marie Schulte Bochum. Uh, she was on the Transfer Exchange show. Make sure you watch that video where she talks all things Bundesliga. Uh, it's always good to see Marie. So uh, definitely give that a watch if you haven't done so yet. Uh, Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? In this house, we stand, Marie. That is a fact. We do. I like uh, it. You can find me on Twitter at J.M. Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Uh, very good. As always, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you give a subscribe, like, and leave a comment. We much appreciate that. Until the next podcast comes, my friends, stay ready. Uh, let's go for this Derby this weekend, and we'll catch you soon. Tschüss.